In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the True Life Podcast. Wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, I challenge you to look around and find the beauty that is surrounding you. It's there, I promise you. If you just open your eyes, open your mind, and take a look at the beauty that surrounds you, you'll find it hard not to smile. I promise you. What a crazy world we live in. I've been thinking a lot about the shadow, about my shadow, about the shadow of our culture, the shadow of the law, the dark side of our conscious being. It's not so much the opposite of the light as it is the poles apart from one another. It's the recognition of polarity, the recognition of the polarity of life. Not so much the conflict between good and evil. I believe those two things can be harmonized. I think this is kind of what Nietzsche tries to get into when he talks about beyond good and evil. How can we ever truly get beyond conflict if we choose to see the world in good and evil? The only way to move forward in this world or to even evolve as a species is to understand there is no absolute good. There is no absolute evil. And the evil that you recognize in someone else resides in your heart, as does the good that resides in you. It also resides in the heart of those you deem evil. I've been talking a lot lately about how we can learn by experience. How we can learn a lot about ourselves by quiet contemplation and watching the environment around us. The spider and the wasp are natural predators. They naturally fight each other. However, you wouldn't call one of them evil and one of them good. 
It's just that there's conflict. They're naturally going to fight and kill one another. Neither one is good. Neither one is evil. They're natural. We, we tend to see or label. That's a better word. It's, it comes back to linguistics. These ideas of labels and these basic or unjustified, unthought about concepts like evil. It's easy. It's easy to claim someone is evil. That's the first step to dehumanizing them. However, to the degree that you condemn the other and find evil in them, you are, to that same degree, unconscious of that same thing in yourself, or at least of the potentiality of it. Just because there are people who are unconscious of their own dark sides and they project that darkness outward and into the enemy. You know, maybe it takes the form of Jews or communists or capitalists or greed, whatever form it takes. Those that project that darkness say, there, there is the darkness. See, it's not in me. And because it is not in me, I am justified in annihilating this enemy be it with bricks or atom bombs or gas chambers or financial sanctions. You see, it's, it's this dehumanizing, this inability to admit that the evil resides in you. But to the degree which a person becomes conscious that the evil is as much in them as in the other, to this same degree, the person is not likely to project it onto some scapegoat or onto a third party and commit the horrendous criminal acts of violence on people. It can be so tricky to sit down and think about this. We're taught from such an early age via religion and small-mindedness that when push come to shove, we can label someone evil and then we can attack them. Does anybody think Vladimir Putin is evil? He's no more evil than Joe Biden, than is Saddam Hussein, than is Mao Zedong or President Z. None. No one is evil. It's. It may not be right, and I'm not singing praise of any one of these people. But to label them evil is too easy. And to label them evil is to project the spotlight of our own anger and our own evil tendencies onto them. Right. In order to admit, to accept, and to understand the evil in ourselves, we have to be able to do it without being an enemy to it. So how, do you, how, you know, how can you possibly do that? It's like you have to make friends with the monster. Does that kind of make sense? How, if you, if you want the feeling of unity and the absence of conflict in your life and in your inner dialogue and in your relationships, if you want to integrate your own shadow, then 
you must not be ashamed of the things you've done. And that is something that is incredibly difficult to do because all of us have done things we're ashamed of, we're guilty of. We feel we're not worthy of being loved if we look back on our lives and we see these things that we've never forgiven ourselves for. It's sad to me. So many of us, they think, I heard that depression is being trapped in the past and anxiety is being trapped in the future. But these are both ways of separating oneself from the true path, from true integration. You know, think about it like this. The, the behind the facade of even the most together person is a reconstruction of a a bum or a you know someone behind even the best facade behind the facade of Elon Musk the genius there is a father who constantly divorces women and has tons of kids and is probably not that good of a dad i'm not i'm just using him as a metaphor he might be an awesome dad i don't know Behind the togetherness facade of George Monty is someone who doesn't feel as if they're worthy of living a life filled with love. Behind the facade of all of us, there is an integration problem. Maybe that's why we're here. Maybe that's why we're on this planet is to integrate that. I heard a beautiful metaphor that says that the same way that manure is contributive to the perfume of the rose, so is your prior failings contributive to the final outcome of who you're going to be. All those things that you've done in the past, all the anxiety and the guilt and the wrongdoing, those things you're not proud of, those words you said, those acts you did, they serve as fertilizer, as manure to bring about the perfume of the rose that you will become. I've been reading a lot of Carl Jung lately, and I want to share with you one particular speech that he wrote when he was speaking to a very religious group one time. I'm going to kind of jump in the middle of it and end in the middle of it, but I think it's really beautiful. We cannot change anything unless we accept it. Condemnation does not liberate. It oppresses. I am the oppressor of whom I condemn, not his friend and fellow sufferer. If you truly wish to help, you must be willing to accept the other as he truly is. And this can only be done when one has truly seen and accepted himself for who he truly is. All of this seems so simple, but it is always the most difficult. It requires the greatest act to be simple. That which appears to be simple is quite often the most difficult thing to do. And so acceptance of oneself is the essence of the moral problem and the acid test of one's whole life. 
that I feed the beggar for given insult. I love my enemy in the name of Christ. All of these are undoubtedly great virtues. What I do unto the least of my brethren, this I do unto Christ. But what if, what if I should discover that the least among them, the least among them all, the poorest of the beggars, the most imprudent of all offenders, the most impudent of all offenders, yea, the very fiend himself, that these are within me, and that I myself stand in need of the arms of my own kindness, that I myself am the enemy, that must be loved, what then? Then, as a rule, the whole truth of Christianity is reversed. There is then no more talk of love, of long-suffering. We say to the brother within us, Raka, we condemn and rage against ourselves. We hide him from the world. We deny ever having met this least among the lonely in ourselves. And had it been God himself who drew near to us in this despicable form, we should have denied him a thousand times before a single cock had crowed. It's pretty powerful, right? And it makes you come to the conclusion that this understanding of the world as good and evil, this simplistic idea that these are good, these are evil, this inability to think for a moment that instead of opposites, they are extremes of the same. Like a magnet has the poles apart, but it's still one magnet. The energy is just going in the opposite direction. And unless we can understand this, unless we can begin to see beyond good and evil, trying to heal this insanity from which our culture of thinking that a human being can become happy, healthy, and whole by being divided against himself in inner conflict, paralleling the conception of a cosmic conflict between an absolute good and an absolute evil, which cannot be ever reduced to any underlying unity. You see, it is our rage against the evil that occurs in this world. It is our rage, and sometimes it oversteps itself. And if we require as a justification for our rage, a fundamentalist and metaphysical division between good and evil, then we will forever have an insane and schizophrenic universe of which no sense will ever be made. Beyond good and evil, ladies and gentlemen. It's Thursday. I love you. Let's get up and get out. Aloha.
Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge. And I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now. And it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.